take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 38, and I want to talk to you about overtime. Now you say, Brother Shelley, you should be pretty good with this. You're 62 years old. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go there. I want to talk to you about the overtime spirit and the overtime mentality. Because if you get the right overtime mentality, you're going to be very successful this semester. And I think it'll be the greatest semester you've ever had in your life. If you get the wrong overtime mentality, you're headed for a really tough time. You really are. Now, those three words, um, if we can have those three words back up, those are our outline. And, um, and you think about it, college students. Really, is not the word tired maybe a word that is used more than any other word on this campus. Um, if it's Saturday morning, we're tired. If it's Saturday night after Sunday school, we're tired. If it's Monday morning at class, 7.30, we're tired. But you know what? The guys were tired Thursday night. The guys were tired Saturday night. Seven guys in and out, everybody playing. They were tired. But they did something with their tiredness. We got to stop just saying, I'm tired. And we got to do something with the tiredness. Toughness. You know what? Thanks for coming to college here. It's not easy. It's easier to take classes online. It's easier to do it. It's more convenient. It's cheaper in many, in many situations. It's tougher to come to campus. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for taking the tough route. In everything in our culture and society today, it's always the easy route. But let me tell you something, guys. We live in an overtime area, in an overtime time in our lives. Um, I'm not here to talk about politics whatsoever. But I am telling you, on November 8th, 2016, and it was amazing. The very passage, I went to bed about 2 o'clock in the morning when uh, Trump got Pennsylvania, and I knew he's going to win it. He's going to win it. And I thank God, and I'll tell you the passage God gave me, was that there would be a space of grace for revival. That day in chapel, he got up and quoted that same passage. And I said, God, I know. I do not look at my answer as Donald Trump. I do not look at my answer as Washington, D.C. But here's what I look at. I look at that election gave us four years to give out the answer. I look at that election not as the answer to America's problems. I looked at that election as the possibility that we would still have to give out what we had. I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but if Hillary would have won, we may not have the Bible college that we have right now that's accredited and everything and that being able to teach what we have. God gave us a space of grace. Now, I know this is tough to comprehend when you're 19, but I believe our culture, our country, in our days, we are in overtime, guys. You have to understand that mentality. Well, Brother Scheller, probably when you were in college, they said, you're, they might not use that term, but they probably preached to you guys that you were in the last days and that you were like in overtime. They did. 
And I want to tell you something, that actually helped me, but if we were in overtime in the 70s, by the way, that 1970s, not 1870s, if we were in overtime in the 1970s, guys, we are definitely in overtime now. And we've got to have that mentality. You have got to pick up the spirit, and you can't just be tired. You've got to have a plan and a strategy for being tired, and gang, you've got to start getting tough. You just have to have some grit. You've got to do those things that are on those projects. You've got to train. It's, it's tough. You've got to obey the rule. It's tough. It builds the character that you're going to need in ministry. And then I do think we've got this really cool thing here that needs to be in gear, and it's teamwork that we work together as a body, that we're helping one another, that we keep each other accountable, that we keep each other encouraged, that we sit down, some of you A students, that you're sitting down with C and D students and helping them study, that you come along some people that are struggling in their thought life, and for a couple weeks you become accountable to them, and you make sure that they're doing their devotions, and we work together as a team. It's overtime. And we need to do that. Now, today I want to give you two Bible examples of overtime. By the way, having a team come up as an illustration, having this basketball thing as a metaphor, that's all cool and good. But it's all about God's word. And students, I want to show you two individuals that were given overtime. One squandered it. The other knocked it out of the park. And it was amazing what happened in his overtime. The one who squandered it is a godly king. The one who squandered it even experienced revival during his time. The one who squandered it at 25 years of age was an incredible godly man and king. But then he got into overtime and he totally, wasted his overtime and God gave him 15 years that was totally wasted. Look with me if you would at Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah chapter 38 and we'll begin reading at verse number one. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death and Isaiah the prophet the son of Amos came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. I wrote in my margin of my Bible, game over. Game over. The game is over. You're going to die, and you're going to die right now. But God granted him overtime. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, 
The God of David thy father have heard thy... Everyone together, what's the next word? I don't mean to demean what Dr. Getz just did, but let's just stop again after what we just read and pray for Edward. I believe God can answer prayers. I believe God can do something miraculous. And I believe that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man can availeth much. Hezekiah prayed to God to be healed. And God gave him 15 more years. Father, Dr. Guest just led us in prayer. But I wonder how many of us were on the syllabus, or we were on this, or who we're sitting next to. In Jesus' name, would you heal Edward Sullivan? God, I pray that you would do a work, that you would receive the honor and the glory. And then, Lord, in the context of this message, if you give Edward life, and I would say right now, they're probably saying it isn't going to happen. But God, we're crying out to you. Hezekiah was told by the prophet he's going to die. But he prayed. Edward can't pray right now. So all he's got is the students at West Coast and family and relatives that apparently if a quiet guy, he may not have all that many hundreds or thousands like some of us might have. So we pray right now that you would give Edward life back to that body. And if you do, Father, may he not squander his overtime. May he use it as a servant of God. And so, Lord, we pray again for Edward and ask, Lord, be with this message. I know that these students may think this message should be preached the last week of April. God, if they think that, they miss the whole point of the message. They need to start now being in overtime. Every possession, every day, every shot that they take in class has got to count now. This is not the beginning of the game. Today begins overtime. And we have got to handle it right in our own lives. Lord, I know I'm older than these guys, but I don't think that matters. I'm older than Kobe Bryant, but he's in eternity now. Father, I don't think our age really matters. I think it's the condition of our world, our time, and the urgency of what we live in that we need to see that we're in overtime. So God, help us with this. May it be practical, may it be biblical, and may it not fall on deaf ears today. May the seed germinate, and may the cares of the world not choke out your word today and your work today. God, I pray, give us one semester that we live like it was overtime. That every day, every possession that we had is going to count. That we got to know our role, our responsibility every day. Give us one semester, God, that we lived in the light that we're in overtime. And I think it'd be the greatest semester. I think our valley would never be the same. I think our lives and ministries would never be the same. And I think we would live like like the other guy, Caleb, in overtime properly. 
So God, keep us, help us in Jesus' name. And God's children said. So God gave Hezekiah 15 more years. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days 15 years. That's just an incredible thing. I'm going to give him 15 more years. Now, there's a great danger in that. Because, hey, I got 15 years. Overtime in a college basketball game is five minutes. You cannot go into overtime thinking, hey, you know what? We really don't need to do much in the first three minutes. It's just those let No. When you got five minutes, man, you got to make every one of those count. Now, Hezekiah doesn't do that. He squanders that incredible gift that God gave him. This is the greatest time to live in the history of mankind. The opportunities, the need, the, the possibilities, the potential... I do envy you guys. So often we talk about the good old days. Guys, they weren't good. Now, I think in my life, I've lived kind of an overtime kind of a life. So we did what we could with what we have. But oh, to be 19 years of age in 2020 in America? By the way, can I just say one, one little thing? Never in the history of this country were young people more worshipped than right now. You guys have a venue. When, when, I was, when I was a teenager, when I was a young college student, hey, be quiet. Who do you think you are? I'm, a college, I'm 21. Yeah, you're 21. So get it, man, to the back, bud. You don't know anything. That is not true today. We worship youth today. Teenagers today have an opportunity and an influence in America that they never had before. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Take a stand, man. People are so waiting to see authentic Christianity. And they want to see it not in 62-year-olds. They want to see it in 20-year-olds. What you guys could do for the cause of Christ right now is on parallel than what I had. Because people didn't listen to 20-year-olds back when I was 20. They listen to what you guys, uh, marketers do whatever you guys say, whatever you buy, whatever you, you guys have an influence and you say, well, we're just a little group of Christians. Come on, see who your God is and let's see what you could do for the cause of Christ. Squandered. You got to get this overtime thing going. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days 15 years. Take your Bibles and turn to chapter 39. There's a lot of things we could talk about. His praise. Hezekiah gives a great praise, by the way. I think some of you guys praise the Lord. I just don't think you're living in your overtime the way you ought to. Hezekiah gives us in great praise. It's like a psalm to God, and he's really thankful and, and all of that. But I want you to see something. And oh, well, I don't even want to say it yet. Chapter 39, verse 1. At that time, the king of Babylon comes and visits Hezekiah. I mean, the big guy, 
The most powerful person in the world comes and visits Hezekiah. Look at verse 2. Hezekiah was glad of them and showed them the house of his precious things. Of his precious things. Come on. The silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor. And all that was found in his treasures. What are you doing? Cast not your pearls before swine, man. Was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all of his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Hey, look at this, man. Look at what I got here. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Look at this. Then came Isaiah, the prophet unto King Hezekiah, and said unto him, What in the world did you just do? What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, well, well you know, they, they're come from a far country and unto me, even from Babylon. Then said he, Isaiah, what have they seen in thy house? Ha! Ah, Hezekiah answered, all that is in mine house have they seen? There is nothing among my treasuries that, they have not, that I did not show them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. You fool. Do you understand what you just did? But here's what I want you to get. Oh, you better get this. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, because of what you did, your sons, your future generation, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Listen to this answer. Then said Hezekiah, to Isaiah. Well, good is the word of the Lord, which thou hast spoken. What? He said, moreover. Wow, all right. For there shall be peace and truth in everyone together. What's the next two words? So Seth gets with Coach Beeson five minutes to go overtime. Hey, Coach, tell the guys, get it to me, man. I'll take over now. Pardon, Seth? I'll take over now. Justice, get up. You're going in for Seth. I don't think I play that position. That's okay. We don't need Seth. Stephen Wheeler comes over and says, hey, man, I got it now. Just give me the ball. I'll take over now. We talking about. Matter of fact, the rest of you guys, why don't you just sit down and rest? I'll just go out there by myself. Yeah, I don't think so, Stephen. Hear this. Because for three days, you've been preached about what Hezekiah did in his overtime. Do you know Hezekiah's biggest problem in overtime? Self. He spends 15 years on self. God, God, don't let me die. God, give me life. I heard your, 
your cries. I heard your tears. I'm going to give you 15 years. Oh, thank you, God. We don't have time to study it all. His children, everything that happens from these 15 years is squandered away. He becomes the prodigal king in these 15 years. He wastes everything that was given to him. Oh, God, just get me to Bible college. You're here. Utilize it, guys. Man, let me tell you something. Don't squander these days. Don't squander. I talked to the guys last night. They went out to dinner together last night, and I just asked them things. Hey, tell me some things that were key in overtime. One of the things that about three guys players said, every possession has to count. I love that. Every possession. In overtime, every, and see, here's what happens with some of you students. Well, it's the end of January, Brother Shetler. It doesn't really mean, I can afford the demerits. No, you cannot afford a demerit. You cannot. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's okay, it's okay. I can afford, it's no big deal. It is a big deal, guys. We're in overtime. Every possession counts in overtime. Every day counts in overtime. Every class period, you know what? I'll just take another bucket thing. I just want to, I want to rest because I am tired. No, 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 guys. We're in overtime. And every possession down the court counts in, in every day. Every shot. They said this. They said we had to make sure we weren't taking bad shots. Every shot we took, we needed to work it around. We needed to make sure we took a shot that was going to count. We might not make every shot. They didn't make every shot that they, that they took in overtime, but they made sure they took the right shots. Now, I want to tell you something. I asked them, what was the difference between Thursday and Saturday? And you know what some of, the, some of them said? You know, we didn't work together as a team. It was maybe a little bit more selfish. We weren't focused the way we were supposed to be focused. The difference between Thursday night and Saturday night was they didn't steward that overtime properly. So what is the key to being tired? You've got to have a strategy. We're all going to be tired. I know you won't believe this, so we're going to ask right now. Dr. Getch, do you ever get tired? Honestly, do you really get tired? Okay, because I think the majority of us don't believe that, okay? <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of funny. You get, this is before your time, but way, way back in the day, when I was first, first got here, we used to all sit on the platform. Some of us... <laughs> And there was a reason. They, they, they were really tactful on why we weren't sitting on the platform, but one of it was we were falling asleep. Have you, have you ever fallen asleep in chapel? Would you raise your hand? Okay. Get their names, Josh. Get their names. <laughs> and put mine on the top. Okay. The very fact that he never, ever sleeps up here is amazing to me. I mean, like, I've never seen him doze off. Okay. But, Doc, you get tired, don't you? Yeah. We all get tired, guys. Tired's going to be really close to us in February. Tired's going to be our kin in March. And we're going to be married to tired in April, okay? <laughs> tired's going to be with us. They were tired Thursday night. They were tired Saturday night. But they did some things. Number one, they concentrated. you got to get concentration. you got to focus, man. you got to have focus. 
When you are tired, you have to stay focused on what you're doing. I mentioned this already, but this is really important. you got to have a mentality. Every possession counts. I don't have the chance to just take a bucket class. I don't have that. If something happens, if I have to go to the doctors, if this happens, I've got to, I got to step up. But I'm not just going to take my bucket class when I'm tired. I got to stay focused. Every possession counts. I can't miss that class. Every shot has to be a good one. I got to make it count. I've got to stay focused and I got to get my, all right, now help me out. After three nights, we should be able to answer this. I got to get my mind off of self. These have been difficult messages to sit and listen to. How about you? I mean, whoa. You know, he came out, Dr. Gitz came out to the, the foyer, uh, uh, the, um, I don't know if it was last night or the night before, and I, I said, hey, I really appreciate the message. And then I stopped and I said, no, I got to tell you, Doc, I hated your message. I just really being honest, I hated your message. At least myself hated it. I really did. These have not been like, wow, wasn't Dr. Getz just hilarious last? No. Oh, man, I got to tell you, I've learned more spiritual truth. No, I just need to learn what I've always known, that myself is my greatest enemy. Amen? Let me tell you what Hezekiah did in his overtime. He went to self. And because he went to self, that's, he wasted it, guys. He was, he didn't have a strategy for tired. You guys got to get a strategy for tired. All right. Let's go to our other guy. Boy, I'm done with Hezekiah. How about you? Joshua chapter 14. Somebody else was given overtime. He's 85 years old in Joshua chapter 14, and he had a great team player with him, by the way. His name was Joshua, and this guy's name is Caleb. You know, Caleb's name is dog in the Hebrew. And almost in the entire Torah, whenever you come, around, come across the word Caleb, it's Caleb, by the way, in, in Hebrew. The word dog, it's usually always in a derogatory form. Usually, in most of any passages, as a dog returneth to its vomit, you know, wherever you find a dog in the Bible, uh, moreover, the dogs lick Lazarus, or usually dogs are always bad. But one of the greatest Bible characters in the Old Testament that was just an amazing guy, his name is Dog. But there is one thing about dogs, they stick with it, don't they? Man, they, they'll stick with it. And, and Caleb was that kind of guy that just stuck with it. I think he had a strategy for being tired. I think Caleb got tired. Well, wait till you read this, Brother Scheller. I know where you're going. And it says that he had... I'm telling you something. Caleb got tired. But I want to give you the strategy that he used to overcome tired. I want to talk to you about Caleb's toughness. Caleb got tough. And I think Caleb had teamwork. Matter of fact, the mountain, we don't have time to read it, but the mountain he's going to take, he's going to bring his relatives in to help him take it. He's not taking it alone. And by the way, he had a team, he had a team player for his entire life named Joshua. And together, what a team those two guys were. Joshua chapter 14, and look at verse number 6. Let me show you another guy that went into overtime. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephaniah, the, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Hey, Josh, thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me, 
and thee, remember this, Josh? In Kadesh Barnea, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. One of the things about being tough, I, I put next to the word tired, concentration, focus. That was huge with those guys. They were saying that. Steve Wheeler said something. I said, guys, Saturday night, did you guys think you were going to lose again? I just asked him. I said, do you, do you guys say? And Stephen Wheeler stepped, spoke up. He said, honestly, Dr. Shetler, I had a total confidence that we were going to win. I knew that we were going to have to do things to do it. But he said, I never, his exact words, I never doubted that we were going to win. Now, let me tell you about developing toughness. Toughness comes with confidence. When you develop the right confidence, never did Joshua or Caleb not think that they were getting back in that promised land. Never did they. I'm telling you, this guy has waited 45 years to take this stupid piece of property. But he had a total confidence the whole time. I'm getting that mountain one day. He never doubted it. And when you're playing in overtime... You cannot think, you know what, this could end up like Thursday night. That, okay, if they would have thought that Saturday night, I guarantee you, they would have lost. There has to be a confidence. Now, our confidence is in the Lord. We understand that completely. But you got to believe you have that confidence. Now, let me tell you some things with that confidence. College students, you have to know that you're called here. Matter of fact, if we, if we achieve this today in chapel, this is amazing for overtime. The people who lose in overtime are the people that didn't think that they should make overtime. You have to be confident that you're going to win the game. In order to be confident, you got to know that you're called. Now, I just want to tell you this, students. If you are struggling on whether or not you should be here and that God called you, that did not mean you don't have fears. Oh, come on. Joshua and Caleb had fears. But that you can say, God, I'm scared about this semester. I, man, there's a lot of things I don't know about my roommates, about this. My schedule is like unbelievable. But finance thing like it is always. Lord, there's a lot of fears. But I'm going to tell you something, God. Faithful is he who calleth you who also will. Guys, do you believe God called you here? If you do not have the confidence of a calling, you will not win in overtime. Stephen Wilder is exactly right. He said, you know, Doc, I never doubted that we would win. That's not cockiness. You've got to have that faith. Caleb absolutely believed he was going to get it. That faith, that confidence makes you tough. Let's continue on reading. I brought him word again as it was in my heart. After I came back, Joshua, you know, you remember this. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me, and what would be the one thing that you would say about all those other 10 guys? They had no confidence. They thought they were grasshoppers. With me made the heart of the people melt. I want to say this. Don't hang around people that don't have confidence in Christ. They're going to bring you down. Don't hang around people that don't know that God's hand is on them and that God's going to do something with them. 
Hang around winners, man. Hang around people that believe God's going to use them. But hang around people. You know, as, as water is, is a mirror to us, as we look in water, so is a man to a man. In other words, you, you can look in a mirror, you can kind of see what you're like, but you can look at your friends and know what you're like. And, and, and some of you, you are turning into your friends, and it's not a good thing. And, and you've got to make sure you're around friends that know that they're called. you got to make sure you're around. you got a team like, like, Josh, like Caleb had. Then here we get to the real key to him on toughness. I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, you know, they, they didn't think it was going to happen. But then look what it says. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. That statement is mentioned three times. Look at the, verse, end of verse, end, the end of verse 9. Because thou art wholly followed the Lord my God. Look at the end of verse 14. Because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Guys, get all in. Get confident. God, you got me here at college. It's going to be tough. I'm okay with that. Be not weary in well-doing. I'm going to toughen it out. I've got to develop some grit in my life if I'm going to Central America. If I'm going to be a missionary one day that I'm making these big things, I'm going to go to North Korea. Well, then, buddy, you better get tough. You better find some toughness in you, some grit in you, and find your confidence in Christ and say, no, I'm going to wholly follow the Lord, and you're going to get tough. And then finally is the teamwork. And I love this. He had companions. You got to have companions. You got to have some people along the side. Now, it took a while before the guy said it at the restaurant last night. But once it was finally said, I wasn't going to say it. But once it was finally said, all of them went like, yeah, that's right. You know another reason why they, ran, they won Saturday night? Because of you guys. Two minutes to go, the fans came electric. And that energized that team to finish that game. You know what? This is what you don't get online either. Brother Shell, do you have a problem with online? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> this is what you also don't, because you know why? Look, here's another reason. You don't get the team. You don't get the team. We're a team. And by the way, stop looking for friends and start deciding to be partners. And partner with people. Team. Now, um, one of the things, I think it was Sam, I don't remember which guys, but, but one of them said, everyone has to do their own, in, in, in overtime, you got to find your role. Okay, so when they had a timeout during overtime, I don't think Sam went over to Coach Beast and said, hey, Coach, I'll start bringing the ball down now. Yeah, no, Sam, you're not doing that. You're going to rebound, Sam, because you're a monster underneath the boards, and that's what your job, that's your role, Sam. Your, your role is not to dribble the ball. Your role is to get rebounds. Get them, Sam. Just get them. That's your role. When you get to overtime, you've got to find your role and responsibility. Some of you, you've never even read the handbook, though you, you wrote that you said you did. Some of you have never even read. You don't even know your roles. You don't even know how to sign out. You have no clue how to fill out a focus report. Find out your role and start doing your role, guys. Find out your responsibilities. That's the whole purpose of syllabus at the beginning of a class. 
This is what's going to happen. Find out your role and fit in your role during overtime. I'll tell you, one of the biggest reasons why students don't make it, they're not in the team thing here. You're totally independent. You sit all by yourself at chapel. You don't feel like you're a part of the team. Come on, get on the court and let's start playing together. This is a great group of young people that love people. I know no group of teenagers and young people, college students, that are more relational than the students at West Coast Baptist College. But if you don't want to play on our team, I got to tell you, that's your loss. This is a good team. This team will come alongside of you. I got three girls that spent eight hours in an emergency room for another girl just last night. And I begged them to come back. I said, no, listen, listen, I don't know. No, Dr. Scheller, we just want to stay with her. I'm going, whoa. You know why? Because that's the team spirit at West Coast. That's what you guys are. You're a team. we got to play together as a team. Know the rules. Know the responsibility. Look at verse 12, by the way. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Come on, college student. Grab a hold of it and say, God, give me this semester. I'm going to win this semester. The game is over. That's the way you need to come into this. You've got to come into this semester that you're in overtime. And I believe in our culture, we're in overtime. I believe, and I know, you know, don't, but you know what? You don't know what will happen in a day. Oh, yeah, here that comes, that part of the, the message. Yep, sure does. Thomas Perez, would you come on up here for a minute? Thomas Perez, come on up here for a minute, will you, Thomas? Can I show you a guy? Thomas Perez is living in overtime. I was at Antelope Valley Hospital when Thomas was in the back room and I was with his family. California Highway Patrol came in. They told the family this. When we came to the accident scene, Friday, November 29th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. When we got to the accident scene and we got out, California Highway Patrol, they do this once in a while. When they started walking to the car, they knew that however many people are in that car, they're all fatalities. They knew that. Who's ever in that vehicle is a fatality because they saw that the way the car was wrecked. Well, my brother's living overtime, man. My brother's living in overtime. You know what? God gave him a gift. How old are you, Thomas? Come on over here. How old are you? 18. Thomas is 18 years old. He is living the overtime spirit. And by the way, can I tell you a few things about him? These last couple months, I would imagine all the physical therapy has been a little bit tiring. But you've stayed focused. You've had concentration. And you know what? Now, now from what I've gotten, because I, I got to know your, your family, your, your siblings and stuff, and that's where you get the real truth, not from mom and dad. You get the real truth. <laughs> you know, th this guy is a little stubborn. I, I heard that from the sisters. <laughs> Matter of fact, the brother-in-laws also mentioned that. You know what, though? This guy's kind of tough. And I guarantee you, you've gotten tougher, haven't you? Absolutely. And I think you might want to comment about the teamwork. Because it's been a whole team. 
It's been your family. It's been your church. But it's been these guys too, hasn't it? It has, yes. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. All I can say is uh, thank you guys. Thank you, really. like, like uh, Pastor Shetler said, I'm, it's a victory now. It is. But before that victory, I mean, there was, there was things going on with me that got me to overtime. I mean, I, if, you, if you're new here and you don't know what happened, I, just real briefly, I, I can run it down. And it was the morning after Thanksgiving. I just woken up and I had to immediately get in my car and head back here to get to work. Yeah. And, and you know what, yeah. though? You know what? He, want, he had to get back to work. But before he got back to work, he wanted to be with his team players over at Dr. R's house for the, for the day and to, exactly. to shoot some pool, yeah. to shoot some pool, and to, and to be with your team players, didn't yeah. you? You know what? I thought that was the coolest thing. He came back. He had to get back to work. But before he got to work, he wanted to get to Dr. R's house so he could have pizza. He could be with his team players. And I thought that was kind of cool. I'm sorry. Um, and... <laughs> But uh, I, I was really struggling that morning because I just had an amazing Thanksgiving with my family. But I knew that because I was behind on my last installment on my bill, I was going to have to stay over Christmas break and work. And I, was, I grew really, really bitter because I wanted to spend that Christmas break with my family. I knew I was going to have to be here. And, uh, you know, I, I was going to have to work for not just this bill, but next semester's bill. So I was real, I mean, I was, I was torn apart driving. I was really upset. I was bitter at God. You know, and I was like, I could have been, you know, at any other school where I could have had more scholarships. It would have been easier to, you know. You had a scholarship exactly. too, didn't you? Yeah, just one. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you one, but. <laughs> but, you know, and it was that, and I was, I was like you said, I was tired. I, I had worked two jobs here with my school. I was losing sleep. I was about to do finals, and I was, I, I was really, but I was like, now I can't even spend Thanksgiving with my family. God, this, this is horrible. Should I even have come to West Coast? Is there even a reason that, I, that you have me here? Because it's not going good. I, can, I don't even know if I can do it. And the next thing I knew, I was, when I woke up, uh, there was somebody over my head, and, and, and I said, uh, where am I? He said, you're in the hospital. I, was, I said, why? I got to get to work. He said, no, you're not going to work. And, and I said, why not? He said, you were in a car accident. I was like, I'm not, I wasn't in a car accident. He wow. says, oh, oh, yes, you were. Trust me, I was just as surprised I was in a car accident as you guys were. I'm, t- I'm telling you. But... And he explained, I had a broken femur, a, a broken pelvis. It had ruptured my, my bladder. I, my, the, just all kinds of things had happened. And, and it was at that moment that I really broke down. And I just said, I can't do it, God. I can't. It's done. Now I can't even work for the bill that I need to pay. And at that lowest point, right when the overtime bell hit and that car crash happened, my teammates started walking through the doors. Amen. All of you started coming to visit me. I'm going to tell you right now. It was that spark that God showed me. There's a reason that I brought you to West Coast. Because this isn't just your school. This is your family. Amen. It's exactly what he showed me. People I hadn't even met before started showing up to my hospital bed. And that's immediately when I found out there's a reason that I'm here. Amen. Not only that, bless your soul, Dr. R. Dr. R came and said, Thomas, there is a reason you're here. At the time, I didn't even believe him. He said, there's a reason you're here, and I want to take care of that last installment bill. And that Amen. car that I had paid 4500 for in May, the insurance gave me back 7500 So now I was able to put half of that, not to just a new, cheaper car, but to the bill now. <laughs> not and as now fast. I'm actually ahead a on my bill. A car that's not as fast. Exactly. It's a Jeep. <laughs> okay. Now it can handle the snow, I promise. But it, God took care of my bill. 
And then it was, the doctors couldn't even explain it. My body was recovering at double speed. They couldn't even, they said, I don't know how, but I was standing up walking in, in, on a walker in two weeks after okay. literally breaking a femur. And they said, we don't know how everything's going good, but you're on track. And I said, no, I know how things are going good. Amen. Because back there, Amen. I've got thousands of people here praying for me. Amen. And they're praying to a real God up there. And I Amen. can't even just thank you. I thank God for you. Amen. Really. And please, like Dr. Shetler said, there's a reason you're here. Don't Amen. let it be a fatal car crash to realize that every single one of you aren't just here to be here. God put you here for a reason. And again, just thank you all. I love you all. Amen, Thomas. Praise the Lord, man. God bless you, man. That's good. That was really good. Amen. Amen. That was good. Amen. Guys. You guys have a seat. Let me tell you guys something. By the way, just one more point. Tired, toughness, teamwork, and then you know what happens next? Go ahead, show them. Triumph. And you know what? Our guys won. Our guys won in overtime. Guys, the triumph of winning an overtime game is just the coolest thing in the world. We did it, God, you get it, you get it through us. God, we were tired. Oh, we just wanted to stop. I don't want another overtime game. God, we got tough. We did our teamwork. We knew what our roles and our responsibilities were. But oh God, we saw you give us the victory. God, we saw you give us the triumph. College student, this message should not be preached the last week of April. This message needs to be preached the last days of January. You give us a student body that lives February, March, and April in overtime. And this will be the greatest semester this college has ever experienced. We will see people get saved because it's overtime. We'll have a burden for souls that we've never had because it's overtime. We will do class because every possession is going to count. Every shot we take every day is going to count. Guys, would you do something? Would you commit today to live a semester in overtime? I say that for your good. Guys, if you really want to see God do something, don't just say you're tired. Have a strategy for your tiredness. Okay, I'm tired, but I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to, I need some toughness. God, I, I'm going to be a youth pastor. I need toughness. God, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm starting a church. i got to develop some toughness. And God, I'll never have a team again probably the rest of my life like i got right now. Live this semester like it's overtime for the cause of Christ. And I'm going to tell you, we've heard three messages. Well, I wasn't here Sunday morning. So I've only, I, 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 I'm telling you, self destroyed Hezekiah. By the way, Hezekiah was a really great guy. He was a really, he would be one of the godly kings. But self, in his overtime, he lived for himself and he squandered it. Caleb didn't, man. Come on. Would you be willing to dedicate your semester to overtime for the cause of Christ? Because our country, our generation, we need you guys. 
you guys got to realize you're in overtime. I don't know what Coach Beeson said, but whatever he said, I got to tell you, we got to have you guys do it, man. You're it, you're now, and this is a great time to live. But God has given us overtime. Guys, the game is close to being done. You got to live in overtime.